Those of you who are here last week, we began within, uh, we started in Christ. You remember that? And that's what we are continuing with this evening. In Christ. And I began with a statement, the effectiveness of our, the earthly ministry of, of Jesus our Lord was not because he was the Son of God, though we know he was. Though we know he was. Come on now. Would you stay with me and flow with me? Though we know he was. But one of the major reasons is because he knew his assignment. He knew his assignment. You know, his, his effectiveness, his earthly ministry was not uh, because he was the son of God. Though we know he was the son of God and he is the son of God. But it's because he knew his assignment. He knew exactly why he'd come here on this earth. And we find that in Mark chapter 1. We read that also last week. But let me begin there. Mark chapter 1 verse 32. At evening, when the son had said, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Now you know the Bible doesn't exaggerate. When he talks about the whole city, it's the whole city. Just think about the whole city of Nairobi. It's gathered to be with him, to, to be him with him. And, and then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and did not allow the demons to speak uh, because they knew him. We talked about that last week. And verse 35, nine in the morning, having risen along well before daylight. By the way, that's uh, such a secret of winning in life. Rising while before daylight. <laughs> you don't enter at 8 o'clock in the morning, that's when you start praying. I'm, I'm giving you a secret, really. Is that you, you, are, you are less distracted when people are still asleep. You don't have even to check your missed call because you won't have it at 4 a.m. You understand? You don't have it at 5 a.m. You are less distracted and you are more focused in what you are doing. If you know, you have that as a secret of an early riser. You'll be more effective in life. I know the times when I've woken late. And, and, and very few times. <laughs> Fatina will ask me, are you okay? I said, what do you mean, are you okay? Am I okay? Do I need not to sleep? I say, are you, are you okay? <laughs> because, uh, you know, for, for many years, he's realized that I'll come out of bed early. But, but look at this then. And then, so, so don't, don't forget that. That's important for victory, rising up early. I remember Pastor Wade teaching me something in, during the 2002-2008 post-election violence. <clears throat> Uh, you remember how it was difficult even to move around, and, and at some point, we had our security guards staying in one place. 
It was January. I think that was January 2008. And then what, what, what he told me is this, uh, Davis, rise up early. Come over. Pastor Carl will prepare sandwiches. And, and the men in the house, they prepare sandwiches. Take them to different sites of our security guards and tea. Because they'll stay there. They don't have to be going around to their homes and all that. I think it was some few days. Because those hooligans don't wake up early. They'll wake up because of that stupor of the night before. And then uh, when they wake up in the morning, they have to go look for another one to stay, to, to, to recharge. And then they start lifting up their voices, 12 o'clock, one, you know, on and on. They don't wake up early. They really don't. They, they walk at night in darkness. They walk in darkness. They, they're not of the daylight. So if you want to beat them, have you realized there are no demonstrations at 7 a.m.? You realize that? If you want to beat them, wake up early, do what you need to do, and go back to your house and don't watch the news pray. <laughs> Give you right there. And, and I'm telling you, we did that. We did that over and over again, and, and it worked. And I'll drive, and we lived, Tina and I lived in Pangani Girls there. And we'll come from Pangani Girls, go to Gigiri, and pick up whatever I need to pick up, drive to Westlands. Drive over here, Garden Estate, and of course, left then Gigiri, which other side, uh, and then and then go back now to to the house. And I'm fine by by 11 o'clock. I'm done. I'm seated and just finding out how is it over there. And it worked for us. Don't forget that they don't demonstrate anywhere at 7 a.m. <laughs> so they, then, uh, risen along while before daylight, he went down and departed to a solitary place. That's good. That's, that's again something that you can learn in prayer about knowing how to separate yourself in prayer. It takes focus. The, 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 the life we live in is so destructive. So it takes really focus and it's good to have a place that you, you focus on God and his way. It's, it's good to establish a place. Now, this is not religion, but it's good to establish also time. I'm not talking about religion of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about establishing some things. Remember this. Remember this, church. Human beings are creatures of habits. And they are forming good habits in pursuit of knowing the Lord is critical. Things don't just happen. You have to be intentional in your purposes or in our pursuit to God, pursuit of God. You, you see what I'm saying? That's, that's really very important. So um, we are learning something there because it's about prayer. Is is risen a long while before daylight, went and departed to a solitary place, and then there he prayed. And Simon and those who are with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. <laughs> Look at this. Let me say something over here. Now, another so important key in prayer as a believer. The more busy you are in the natural, the much time you need to, to spend with God. 
people compromise that and they have temporary victory. And it has constant. The more busy you are in the affairs of life, the more time you need to spend with God in hearing his voice and pursuing his will. That's critical. <clears throat> but what is the, mo the, the, the most common answer? Uh, you know, I've become too busy. You are being caught up by the snare of the enemy and you won't hear his voice now, the voice of God. And you wouldn't know when you're falling. His assignment on this earth, let, let, oh, okay, let, let me make a statement here regarding what I've just said and the ministry of Jesus. His effectiveness was he totally depended on God the Father to do anything. So look at this. Why do, do we say professionals, we say like in ministry, I'm too busy. Uh, oh, okay. Then that means we are depending on the arm of the flesh to accomplish an assignment and we will not. If it will be, we'll be doing the work in the flesh and therefore we'll not be spiritual minded. So even when the enemy trips you, you have no idea. You've been tripped. You see what I'm saying? So the more the demand was in his life and ministry, the more he needed to take time with God and separate himself from men. He went to a solitary place. Remember, if the whole city is looking for you, if you are you are minister of the gospel in the natural, say, yeah, we need, we need a bigger church now. We need a bigger church. We need to accommodate the crowd. The crowd, all of them, are coming for the, for the gospel. And then what happens? We become too busy in the natural. And then we're exposed to the, to the enemy because to the enemy because the enemy knows now they're not depending on God, they're depending on their charisma. They're depending on their gift. They're not listening to the Father. I don't know how many times the Lord has, has, has uh, really corrected me on that. I remember years ago. Good Lord. We are busy. Come on Sunday, minister. Of course, Saturday, Friday. In the week of being in the office, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, Pastor, what do you say? Davis will try as much as possible to take an off on Monday. We tried. Many times it didn't happen. Then we'll go on Tuesday. Maybe you need like to, to leave maybe Monday, go to Budalangi, and then go over there and Wednesday, Thursday, coming back on, on Friday, Saturday, and mostly many times this time we still have higher even facilities. I'm there, I'm preparing, I'm making sure everything is set for Sunday, and then come early on Sunday preparing, getting ready, ministry, of course, mostly the one ministering the word, maybe I'll do tithes and offering, and then start the same way. And then you have an appointment, you have an appointment with people. I remember this particular one. Remember your office there, that's where it used to be, that, that corner in the office. And then I, I, am, I have several appointments. I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, next. <laughs> next. You know, in other words, man, we need to finish this quickly. And the Lord told me this. 
<clears throat> he said, I didn't call you for administration, administrative work. I called you to my people. Therefore, you have to pay attention to my people. Okay. I started realizing that the, administration, the administrative work is still there, but that means this I need to take more time in the Lord and then now start focusing on people. Now that's, I don't like, if I'm talking to you, like example, talking to Miss Ruth, I'm thinking, I need to go do such and such. You'll never be effective. I need to do such and such, you know, I need to do this. And who's, by the way, is coming for the next appointment? Are they even here? Well, and what about that phone call? As I for me, I turn off my phone. The world, the axis of the world is not me. You've realized? You've realized it's not you either. <laughs> you, you see that? So the more there is demand in the natural, the more we need to spend time with God hearing him. Now look on this. And to walk in him. Remember, we are in Christ. To walk in him. A failure mostly to Christians is they can spend even three hours in prayer, example, or two hours in prayer, but after they say amen, they operate in the natural. They think in the natural, they operate in the natural. You will know that they are no longer engaged in the spirit by the, the words that come out of their mouth. They are not words of expectation and faith. But to work with the Lord, remember this, is your words have to align themselves with the principles of God's word. That's a spiritual mindedness. So then, so they say everyone is looking for you. If your pastor said, let's build a big church. We need to accommodate this whole city. But listen to the words of Jesus. But he said to them, let us go to the next towns. Lord, we haven't even collected enough offering here. Now, I know you, you, many of you are not called into fivefold ministry, but, but that, that's a, I don't know, anyway, you've called fivefold ministry and you start ministering, you'll know what I'm talking about. Everyone is looking for you. Oh, that's good. Let's, let's, let's stay here. And, but, but he said, let us go to the new towns, next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. So you see this, for this purpose, in other words, he knew his assignment. And listen to this, listen to what I'm about to say. And the response of men didn't change his pursuit. The response of men toward him didn't change his pursuit. He just was focused to complete and to, to complete his assignment and to please the Father. Oh, that's good. Let me say something there. You easily get offended if you don't know who you are and you don't know your assignment. You're waiting for the response of men. You easily get offended if you don't know your assignment, you don't know who you are, you don't know your assignment, you are dependent on what men will tell you to, to act as fuel in doing what you are doing. Does that make sense of faith and faith? 
it does candy or it doesn't? It does. Did you, did you hear what I said right there? Now, look at this. <clears throat> so they call him Beelzebub, Satan. That didn't change him. I'll no longer preach. I'll no longer go for that fellowship. They talked about me. Oh, you don't know your place there. I'll say right here a bit. Let's learn some things. You ready for us to learn? So listen this. So, so he says, we go to other cities. Let's go to other cities. For this purpose I came. Uh, for, for this purpose I've come forth. Then the response of men to him did not deviate him from the purpose and assignment. The response of men, or lack of it, did not deviate him from his purpose. He was stable and, and in pursuit of the will of the Father. And I said this. We get easily offended if we don't know our purpose. We don't know who we are and we don't know our purpose. And the easily being offended is because I'm expecting the response of men as fuel for me to accomplish what, I'm, uh, what, I think, what I think I should accomplish. But if my, I'm so focused and in the Father and that's all I'm pursuing to please him, then the praises of men and lack of it do not matter. And listen to this. I will not be consulting men to do the will of the Father. I'm dependent on God because I am in his assignment to fulfill his will. That's important, church. I will not go again to that meeting. Mm -hmm, okay. I remember years ago, I remember the first time this ever happened. Pastor Wade corrected me strongly. There's no human being has ever corrected me strongly than Pastor Wade. Strongly. I mean, not once or twice. Until I developed an alligator skin and a tender heart. <laughs> not an alligator skin on my heart. That's a terrible place to be. But, but listen to this. He, he said this too. He, he corrected me and then and then I said, uh, then, uh, man, I, you know, you're just getting offended. And then the spirit of the Lord spoke to me in this man. Davis, if we could have praised you, how could you have felt? Oh, yeah, man, I, I could have felt so good. Why not? Who doesn't like praises? And then if you are corrected, will you not take it? Oh, so God, yeah. Do you know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of Naaman. He had gone for his miracle, but offense was removing him from his miracle. Because he's been told to go dip himself in a river. He thought, oh God, I've come all the way. I've passed better rivers than this river down here. And then his servants asked him, sir, if you could have told, can you read there? Are we ready to flow? 
You're learning something out of this? Let's go over here. If you are easily offended, you'll do little for the kingdom. If you're easily, easily offended. And I'm telling you in the generation that, oh yeah, you're judging me. You're easily offended. I don't do much for the kingdom. What will it be? How will it be in your life if you're going, you're going to suffer tremendously for these people who hate you? And you're paying the price for them and you're shedding your own blood. You're going to be separated from God, thrown into, into Hades, tormented than anyone can imagine. And these are the people who are cursing you and spitting on you. What did you do? That's having knowing your purpose. There's some meat here tonight. There's a meat here tonight. It's it really, we have to. Uh, okay, let's see about Mr. Naaman. In Second uh, Kings chapter 5. We have some more over here, please. Thank you. You look at this. <clears throat> then chapter 5 here. Listen this, in verse, verse 9. Let's, talk, let's look at how people lose their, their, their victories and, and their miracles. Then Naaman went to the horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Think about man, the V8 and the, and, and, and the V8 and all those. I, I saw on Sunday morning as Tina and I were coming to the vehicle, I mean, coming to the church. I saw... A small vehicle, I think it was Raum or those Toyotas, and then it was written <laughs> the, the back back screen there. It was written Young V8. I thought that guy has a vision. <laughs> that guy has a vision. Young V8. And then Tina said, "That has made your day." I said, "Yeah, I laughed." I mean, I laughed, saying, "Whoa, man, that guy has a vision." He had Young V8 of a V8. Uh, I mean, of a Raum. That's Young V8. That's vision. Anyway, so he's standing over there. He's not driving Rome. He's driving big things here. And then he comes and, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger. He didn't come out. You see what we want? This is the way I want it to happen. He didn't come out. He's, and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And your flesh shall be restored to you as you shall, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away. <laughs> what have you come for? He went, went his way and then uh, away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. If you knew what to do, what are you coming for? Remember, that's, look at this. A mindset that resists the will of God. 
That's a stronghold right there. He had his way of getting healed and yet he wasn't healed. But, but you know, pastor, I thought you were going to do this. I said, no, you're not the one to tell me what to do. You came to be helped. Have you ever, have you ever tried to help someone who, who knows everything? Anyone? Or have you ever been there? <laughs> to help someone who knows everything. <laughs> I read a certain man to the Lord yesterday. A Muslim. A seven-year-old man. <laughs> a, good, a good mistake he made. He told me, you know, he's a prophet. I said, that's fine, but you know you have an issue with your kidney. He said, yeah. So can, will you allow, he's not a prophet, he's, he's God, the son of God. Will you allow him, will you allow, do you mind me if I pray, for, do you mind me praying for you? He said, no, I don't mind. Now, do you mind me if, do you mind if I put my, lay my hand on you? He said, no, I don't mind. That's a good mistake right there. To allow a spirit-filled believer to place his hand on you. Oh, you're in a big problem right there. Good problem. I put my, <laughs> my hand on him. I started praying for him. And he went, <sighs> and then he said, my stomach is rumbling. Yeah, that's where his spirit is at. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then uh, <sighs> he just stood there. And then I asked, you, you think you can pray the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? I said, yes, let's go ahead. <laughs> After that, he made that prayer of salvation. Prayed for him, and it was so wonderful. I was with Nico Norman. And then uh, somebody went to help him, give him, saw a seed of some money. And then he told Nico Norman that I felt like falling. And then I, he was told, but pastor, I told you there's the power of God that is going to come on you. Because I told him, the power of God, you're going to experience the power of God. I asked him, I'd asked him, have you ever experienced this? He said, no. What is it? Kind of peace? And he gave his life to Christ. 46 years, 46, I think 46 or 47 years old. He gave his life to Christ. That was so wonderful. Person who's grown as a Muslim and accepting the Lord, but he experienced the power of God. And the kindness and the mass of God. He had his way of getting healed. Though he wasn't healed. Oh, oh the, the, why are you saying this? Because he was telling me. The, I said, no, 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 we can't talk about that. You can't start telling me about Jesus. He said, Esau. You can't talk to me about Jesus whom we don't know. I know him. I can talk about him, but you can't. Oh, he kept quiet. Yeah, that, that I did. And then he kept quiet. I said, if you don't want him, that's fine. But there's repercussions. But you can talk about him. You don't know him. I know him. He changed my life. That's how he, he came in. <laughs> to the Lord, praise God. So anyway, so he came in with his leprosy, but he knew Mr. All. He knew everything how to get healed by a prophet. And look at this then. <clears throat> and then, but Naaman became furious and went away. And of course he said all that. Then, uh, uh, 
are not, and then he said this, then verse, verse 12, are not the Abana and the Fapa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Why did you come? Are you seeing what offense does? Why did you come? And then he says this, could I not wash in them and be clean? Ah, ah. What do people say? What about if I gave uh, an, an offering a, a little bit? He didn't say that. He said 10% is tithe. Remember, listen to this. It's not your way. It is his way. And his way leads to the right ways of life. He said he say this. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. A leper in a rage is a dangerous man. Can you imagine? <laughs> a leper in a rage. And listen to this. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, this is how the Lord spoke to me actually. When Pastor Wade corrected me, I remember the first time when it really hit me, if the prophet had told you something great, to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So when he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a, a little child, and he was clean. And he returned, but the man of God didn't see him anyway. So listen to this. Remember why, why we came into that? Of easily offended people. So you came to, why we came into that? Easily offended people don't receive much. Now, well, this is good. I'll I'm, I'm, listen to this message myself. Now then, let's go back to our text there. Mark 1, 32, 39. I think I'll almost cover there. But let's see. So the whole city came and and he said, let's go to other towns and for this purpose I have come forth. Now, in John 11, 38 to 44, I want you to see something there. Again, emphasizing on his ministry, the minister of Jesus, first he knew who he was. And he knew his assignment very well. Don't forget that church. Know who you are because you're talking of in him. You'll find that the opinions of men don't define you. The opinions of men. Please don't ever be moved by men's opinion. I am not saying that you shut yourself off from the counsel, good counsel. But listen to this. Listen to me what I'm about to tell you. Before good counsel you ought to have sought the Lord to have heard what, how he's directing you. And pay attention to what he tells you. It's wonderful when you have sought the Lord and you know inside of you some things that he's telling you and then you go to another one in authority who's spirit-filled and been led by the Holy Spirit, of course, and they start telling you exactly what the Lord has spoken to. 
it changes everything. So then, you know what that means? It puts on responsibility, good responsibility, of hearing God and not depending from other people to tell you what they think. I've made that mistake in, 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 instance, in some, some places and I, I know how, how it feels. Because you see, his voice creates that vision inside of you. When you start praying, you know what you are praying. And that's what I want you to see, what Jesus did, actually, in the tomb of Lazarus in, in John 11. He knew what he was doing. Remember, he was told Lazarus is dead. That didn't shock him. He didn't weep for days and days and days. And then, and then when, what, what verse did I say here? Verse, verse 38. Then, then Jesus again, a groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Mother, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? Then that, that scripture is wonderful. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, listen to this, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Woo! You want that fellowship? You want that relationship with the Lord? I thank you because you've heard me. And then he says this, and I know that you always hear me. You're looking at me, where did I go after I say that? I want you to pause right there. Is, that's what sailor means. Pause, meditate. I thank you that you always hear me. How many believers you hear that, God, why are you not hearing what I'm saying? That's accusing God of being deaf. And we know he's not. Because, but, listen this, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this. This is for them. I and I have, 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 have already have it fixed. <laughs> you see what that is? I, you and I have already fixed. It's, this is for them. Anyway, I came for them. You know, I said, I came for them. I didn't come, I didn't come to please myself. I came for them. But this, he said this, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said that they may believe that you sent me. It's for them. It's for their faith. I'm already, I'm, I already know what I'm supposed to do. And now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> I had someone say that, a certain preacher said many years ago that, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he had said, come forth, Think of how many people could have been raised from the dead. If, you're in a, if Jesus stood there at Langata Cemetery and then he said, come forth, how many people will come out? So he rather said, Lazarus. <laughs> so you're so specific, Lazarus, come forth, or else you'll have all the dead rising up back to life. Remember, his life. He says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the resurrection. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grateful clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said, lose him and let him go. That's a message by itself. 
This one, lose him and let him go. You ought to listen to Bishop Jake's teaching such a message. Lose him and lose him and let him. <laughs> you may have to jump with Bishop Jake's all around just with that statement. For the next one and a half hours and shouting and you running around. Have you ever, hey, if you ever feel like, man, I need some stirring up, you better sit down and listen to Bishop Jake's and, and start doing this. <laughs> The first time I ever watched him, I think 1996, I thought, in those VH, VHS, I thought, who's that man? And he was big then, huge. My goodness. I mean, I thought, that is how to preach. <laughs> Girls anointing different vessels. Now then, but did you see for them, he did. In other words, uh, as, uh, church, he knew his purpose but he was doing for them. He knew his assignment. It was not hinged on anything here that meant his, their response or lack of it. It was he knew exactly what he had come to do. That's very important. That's very important. And in John 12, 27 to 31, Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled, but and what shall I say? Father, Save me from this hour. And what does he say? But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Are you seeing that? For this purpose, I came to this hour. So what is he saying? I've, I've known what I've come for. The most fulfilling, I'll use the word thing in this life, is to know your purpose. To know your assignment. To know your assignment. I don't know if I could have, I was going to ask someone, am I called to be a pastor? In fact, I remember the first, first meeting two of us at Pastor Wade, and I, he asked for me to meet with him. He asked for me to go and meet with him. And he, he asked me, so Davis, tell me. Oh, let me say something here. First, I joined the, the Bible school, and the dean of the Bible school came and asked me, <clears throat> Davis, uh, tell me, just before we graduated, tell me, wh wh what plan do you have after graduation? Uh, I said, uh, I, I plan to be in church in Victor Faith, and asked me, uh, are you not, don't you think that you are called to go and plant a church in your home area? I said, no, actually. I'd asked the Lord in 19, that was 2001, I think around July, June actually, that she was asking. I said, no, 1991, I thought, that's what, I, 1999, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But I went there and the Lord told me, no, you had not called me there. And he told me to go, to come, to come back to Nairobi. And I came back, that was 1998, beginning 1999, he told me, no, I've not called you to, to, to be here, go back to Nairobi. So there are some of us who are here in Nairobi by divine purpose. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that exactly. So then I joined the Bible school. And then uh, the dean of the Bible school asked, and I said, no, 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 he didn't tell me. He told me, actually, I should be in Nairobi. And then when I came to this church, he told me, recently he told me, submit your minister under Pastors Wilson Carlos. 
So I'll be in church, I'll be ushering, and that's what I'll be doing. Okay, thank you, Davis. <laughs> then, in August, Pastor Wade asked to meet with me. We graduated in July. In August, he asked to meet with me, and he asked me, so Davis, tell me, what, what have you been doing? He said, I said, I've been in church. Pastor, you've been seeing me serving to serve us and Asha. And uh, during the weekdays and go to different places, have friends who are pastors, I can go in and minister. And on Wednesdays, I'm in prayer, you know, but for two hours, I go to different places also to preach during the day as I'm invited. He asked me, so has the Lord told you anything? I said, yes, he did. What did he tell you? He told me that I'm supposed to be a member of the staff in this, this ministry. You know, if you go to the interview and you are telling the, the interviewers what God told you, <laughs> what do you think about? That's knowing your vision. That's knowing. Come on now. The fruit is in what? Is over 20 years being in the same place. That's the fruit. Now, look at this then. Then he told me, yeah, Davis, uh, Pastor Carl and I have been praying and he told us the same. I want you to believe in him. And listen to this. The Lord had told me this. Don't go anywhere, because I'd, I'd stayed months, almost a year, without seeing my parents. He said, don't travel. Pastor Wade will be, will be looking for you. Oh, okay. So I stayed. So I told Pastor Wade, actually, uh, the Lord told me that you'll be calling me for a <laughs> I should have traveled to go see my parents. He said, no, Davis, go ahead and travel. So when do you want to travel? No, I was waiting for this meeting. Oh, be free, man. Go ahead and travel. And he said, uh, uh, Wait a little bit. Uh, go out there and wait. And before no, before I left, he, he said, Brother John, as a brother is to be John Wiruri. Uh, Brother John, uh, will you please come over to my office? Uh, Davis, go ahead and wait. Uh, Brother John will see you. Travel safe, my man. I said, fine. Thank you, Pastor. And I uh, also broke out 50 bob in my pocket. Brother John came with 10,000. Oh, from a Bible school student living in Dandora, with 50 bob in the pocket. I'm loaded, 10,000. Then I went to tell the dean of the Bible school, by the way, I'm, I'm traveling, and I'm, I'll be traveling few, in a few days. I said, oh, Davis, we're going to see your parents here. She gave me 2,000. I came out of that gate with 12,050. <laughs> That's provision. That's knowing that you're in the right place. I'm telling you, provision begins right there. And I'm, my goodness, I was so excited. Uh, I saw recently, I posted my mom's, I think it was what, she passed on in 2009, and I posted, I don't know how many years, it was last year, I think. This is how many years mom was, since mom went to be with the Lord. And then my, my, my sister said, oh, I remember that dress. And I said this, yes, it's me who bought it for her. I bought it with that money. Yeah, that money from that, having come from the Bible school and gone to the office, and I have right there. Ah, that's good. Cause provision. The leading of the Holy Spirit. The knowing of what you're supposed to do. That's critical. Now, if I don't do that, the Lord corrects me. Because you see, when they asked me, I told them what the Lord had told me. So, and, and remember this, no one 
No human being can make you to be what God has called you. You must hear him. You must know your assignment. It, it shifts you even in prayer. Listen, it also delivers you from mistakes. Because you're no longer depending on men. The assignment of God is dependent on him to fulfill. It's not dependent on man. It's dependent on him. That's why Jesus, with the praises of men, the whole city is looking for you. That didn't move him. He said, for this purpose did I come, let's go to other cities. What about, you see, we saw about Naaman. That delivers us also from not easily offended. Now look at this. Pastor Wade corrects me, but I wasn't thinking of leaving. So see, what follows is this. You hear the Holy Spirit. I had the Holy Spirit and it's like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I should have been talking to all support teams regarding this. Because people get easily offended. But it's for all of us as believers and ministers especially. And I think, now this goes like to minister, I think that's why we have so many churches. Offended ones starting churches. And then that's why we have also many believers in different places going from one church to, a ch to one church, to another. Now you may not believe this, I believe it. I believe God calls a, mem a, a member of the body of Christ to a place. I believe that, to a place. Now, if you don't believe, that's fine. But I believe that, to a place. And therefore, every member of a body of Christ has a pastor. But many of them don't, no. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but that's the truth. Ah, Pastor, I thought you were going to pray for all these hours. Yeah, I'm, I, I came to adjust your thinking. <laughs> that you may pray right and, 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 and no assignment. Hey, listen to this. Was it that easy for him to pray? He says, you always hear me. Why is that so? I'm in tune with the assignment. I tell believers this, don't wake up in the morning and tell, oh, Ramangada Bakata, Kore Dekekede for one hour. You haven't looked at the, the compass, the compass, or compass, compass, C-O-M-P-A-S. You need to know the direction you're heading. Before Rabasha, 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 Rabasha. You understand? You need to know that. This is your light. You need to look at the scriptures. You need to, to uh, Pastor Carla said this, you, you need to, Allow the Lord to constrain you in the scriptures. That means you have to give him time and lead you into the scriptures and open your heart and just be, I worship you, Father. That's the difference. Instead of walking up in the morning, I don't know if it's still there, but in the 90s, we had 
um, especially mostly brothers, you meet with them and say, hallelujah, hallelujah, my brother, hallelujah. So what happened? They've lost actually their, 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 their voice, uh, what, voice boxes? Yeah, because of shouting and Jesus, help me. You, you know what I'm talking about? People lose that. that instead of following that fellowship with him on a daily basis, everywhere you go. My sheep know my voice. And the voice of strangers, they shall by no means fall. All right, let's go there. So he says, my soul is troubled. Father, save me from this hour. For this what? Purpose I came for this hour. And therefore he says this, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I've glorified, I've both glorified it and glorified it again. What's that? That's prayer answered right there. You make a petition and he's heard you. Are you seeing that? That is being connected all through. Remember he said even before the Lazarus tomb, we said, uh, for, uh, for, their, for them. He was connected to the Father, he knew his assignment, he knew his purpose, so he pursued that. And then the voice Im immediately responds. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it say that it had thundered. Oh, let, let me say like the way we say in, in Central. Oh, Oy. I mean, <laughs> that for me is such a, a funny expression that I hear people from Central. Oy. I said, what? <laughs> Look at this. Therefore, the people who stood by, God has spoken. But people say it's standard. That's amazing. It has standard. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Now, now listen to this. Look at this, what follows next. Jesus answered, said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. But the... <laughs> whose voice, uh, the, to whose voice, the voice has come, they think is thunder, they think is an angel. That's confusion. <laughs> That's terrible. Can you imagine? Listen. Listen, he didn't need that voice. He didn't know that voice. He's, he knew his assignment. He knew his purpose. He, he knew he was following the heart of the Father. He didn't need that voice. But to, to whom the voice had come, they said he's thunder. Some said he's an angel. And they say he has spoken to him. Then he says, <laughs> go back over there, please, verse 29. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Can't you differentiate? Others said an angel has spoken to him. Look at what follows next. Jesus answered, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. And you are hearing thunders? And yet, it has come for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the rule of this world will be cast out. This he says signifying by what death he would die. Let's go to Acts chapter 4, verse 1920. <clears throat> oh, it's so good to know what he wants us to do. It's so good. I believe this is of our, the next level of our, of our lives. 
when you know what to do. When, when you know what to do, the Apostle Paul says, when I knew what to do, I did not confer with the flesh and blood. But let's read that first. <clears throat> Let me go there. It should be in Galatians. God help me here. Galatians 1. Verse. Let's start from verse 11. That's good. You, we can learn some things from there, from the apostle. Uh, verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Wow. You see what he's, he's establishing that. You think God is a respect of person? No, he ain't. He, he ain't. Now look at this. He says this. For I neither received it, it from man nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's good. Now look what follows next. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. <laughs> As I visited a certain man this week. It was, my, it was my teacher when I was in primary school. And the daughter, and then uh, the, the, daughter, the daughter said a certain story. She said that uh, when she was in form, form one, there's a, a lady in form six, went and he said, your father's son, so I've been told. Your, your father spanked me when I was in primary school. And she was a bully. She said, the daughter of that teacher, she said, I was shaking. There's a form six coming to me. And then she said this, imagine Davis coming to you. I said, what do you mean Davis? Davis was a bully. So that's, <laughs> see, we are she could say that. Davis was a bully. So I schooled with her sister, a younger sister, I think was in Form 1. They're reminding me. I, I can tell how redeemed I, I have been. Uh, they are saying that the sister, was, uh, the sister was in Form 2, I think, when I was in Form 4. She said, David, Davis was such a bully. And then so the sister was telling, see the sister is called Mercy, was telling this other one called Charity and said this. Uh, you know, I met with a certain guy, we were together in school and told, told, told him, uh, Davis Kimor is a pastor. He said, no, Davis Kimor cannot be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> that bully cannot be a pastor. <laughs> I've been told this Monday, he cannot be a pastor. I said, Davis Kimor. He's a pastor. And then the dad said this. The dad was a, uh, was a teacher. My dad, my dad was a headmaster. And, uh, and my mom was a teacher there. And him and his wife were teachers. So she, then, then the dad said, he's being ailing. But he said this. Davis was not just a bully to others. He was a bully even to teachers. I thought, man, where is that coming from? <laughs> Say that I'll do an exam and I, I don't feel like it should, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't remember that one. He said, Then I'll throw away the paper by the window so that it's blown away by the, by, by the wind. And then, when now they are marking, he said, I can find Davis's paper. And then, and then she's, he said, Now the thing is, if I said in the staff room that I can't find Davis's paper, the mom could not uh, agree to that. The mom was harsh. The dad could laugh, but the mom, so I couldn't say that I've lost Davis's paper. <laughs> then he said this, I had to make 
supplementary for him to do. I don't remember all that. Of course, I was a small boy. Supplementary because I couldn't tell the mom that I couldn't find Davis's paper. But Davis would bully even teachers. I thought, I don't remember that. Then I was asked, do you remember this? No, I'm redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> that man died on 17th June, I hear some story, I said, I never did that. But they said, you did. I said, okay. I was under the influence then of devils. <laughs> Apostle Paul says this. You know, Pastor, I was, uh, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And advancing Judaism beyond men of my contemporaries in my own nation. Be more exceedingly jealous for the traditions of my father. Look at verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Is he a respective person? No. And then he says this, to reveal his son in me. Christ in me. To reveal his son in me that I may preach him among the Gentiles. Listen to what he says. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Let's read it from the Passion Translation verse just see if it, what it brings out. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Knowing our place in him and doing our assignment very well. The, the Passion Translation says, but, but then God called me by his grace and chose me from birth, from my birth to be his, he was pleased to unveil his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the peoples of the world. After I had this encounter, I kept it a secret for some time, sharing it with no one. The Amplifier says, to reveal and veil, disclose his son within me so that I may preach, I may proclaim him among the Gentiles, the non-Jewish world, as the glad tidings gospel. Immediately I did not confer with flesh and blood. Listen to this. I did not consult or counsel with any frail human being or communicate with anyone. It had been revealed to him. I am not saying now, I'm not going to talk to anyone about this. No, 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 no. I say, you have still to endeavor to hear. And then you've heard, you can submit it. Know your assignment. Know your place. Pursue that. Pursue the will of God with all your heart. God wants to reveal and make it so clear that we may do exactly what he has called us to do wherever we go. So he did not confer with flesh and blood. So when you've known that, when you've known the will of God, you realize you don't confer with flesh and blood, but when you start talking with spirit-filled, other spirit-filled uh, believers, you, you, it feels good. It feels good. You just know, wow, wow. It's like you've known each other for all this time. All this time. Praise God. Okay, I wanted to say something, but let me put, keep. Acts 4, 19, 20. <clears throat> Remember after, after, John, uh, after John and Peter, uh, they, they, in the name of Jesus, healed that crippled man. Then they, they started threatening them. And verse 19 says this, But Peter and John answered and said to them, 
whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which you have seen and heard. <laughs> or you've known things. We cannot but just what? Speak the things which you've seen and heard. In other words, we know what you're talking about. It's been revealed to us. When it's too full in your heart, at a certain minister say this, uh, uh, when it's too full in your, in your heart, it comes out of your mouth. And then this minister say this, that if your faith, if your faith in your heart cannot make your mouth move, then it's not there. Now, it's not making your mouth run. You understand? You're saying what is full in your heart. If it's not making your mouth run, then it's not in there. Because when it's so full inside of you, I'm telling you, it comes out of you. It comes out of you. I remember one morning we were driving uh, in, in certain part in town, then in a valley, and we saw a certain truck coming down. Uh, it's going up, a trailer. It's in the morning, yeah? And other vehicles are behind, and it started coming back. In the morning, I think before 8 o'clock or after, before 8 o'clock, actually, I'm telling you, it, right from within my heart, inside, I said, in the name of Jesus, stop! It did and stop. I knew what left my heart. I knew what left my heart. No one could convince me in, 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 otherwise. I knew what left my heart and was aimed at that truck, trailer. And you know what? It didn't cause any problem at all. Vehicles were behind it served to us the petrol station, and that was it. It stopped. It went back. I don't know if that's serving, but went back towards the petrol station. That was it. It didn't destroy any vehicles. Think about how many vehicles. And there's someone who told me years ago, a church member, that the same valve that's in Pangani, she saw many years ago they were down and they were seeing vehicles up, and a certain tra a trailer started going backward. And he said the vehicle that were being crashed many years ago. By that, that was stopped. When it's in your heart, you'll know it's gone out. You know it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Can I seem like it was more teaching, impartation, exhortation? <laughs> Ephesians 3, 12, the Passion Translation says this. Let's have it in the Passion Translation, please. <clears throat> We have boldness through him. Woohoo! We have boldness through him. We're in him, remember. We have boldness through him and free access as kings. You all kept quiet. You know who a king is? You all kept quiet? And we have, we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father. Why is that so? We're in him. Because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Wow. Let me see if I can read verse 11 and then verse 12 and 13 for context purpose. You kept quiet all that time? You didn't hear that? You should have run up a little bit. Praise God. Look at verse 11. 
Let's go verse 11 and then to verse 13 for context purpose. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that now, what does he say that? Go back to their place. He says, this perfectly wise plan was destined, not only you are getting, you are being born. No, no, no. It was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now, we have boldness through him. Remember, we are in him. So that now, he, 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 he sealed this eternal plan. So that now, we have boldness through him. Knowing our purpose. And free access as kings. Oh God, oh God, oh God. No, no, no. No wonder it says in Hebrews 4.16, you say, come boldly. Come boldly. Well, look at that scripture. Come boldly. Oh God. You remember what I was saying last week? Oh God, you've left me. Who told you that? He said, read, read the map. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Why would I say I've left? You've left me. If you don't read the map, you pray in error. Hmm? <laughs> I think that uh, certain ministers say some years ago, and then I had it recently. The Southwest Believers Convention, Keith Moore, say uh, last was it last week? Yeah, yeah, it was last week. Saying that uh, the the problem is the church. God will never do something that He has told you to do. God stretch forth your hand in the hospital. Who, who, who you are the hand? God will never do. And, and those are prayers He'll never. In fact, He said this: there are prayers that God will never answer. Tell him to do what he told you to do. But how many times? Oh God, oh God, visit him. You know, if you if if sat down to eat and you start praying those hospital prayers, you'll find me eating. With your amen, I've already put two spoons in my mouth. So God, remember all those who, are, who don't have food. Oh God, remember those in hospital. Too late. Hum. Brings, let's finish this. We have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Where is your confidence, church? We're in him. Why would I walk in this life with confidence? I was thinking about that this morning because I'm in him. Why well, I'll be so confident about tomorrow? Because I'm in him. What about when I turn 90? Because I'm in him. I have confidence. That's it. So we must have, we must be anchored on who we are in Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. I saw a certain man recently, some years ago, he was a, a uh, very senior uh, government official, but uh, probably you all watched it or you saw it, read it about it. But he said that my phone used to ring all the time until I came from that government, you know, position. Nowadays it is quiet. 
You all remember that man, he did that some few years ago. He said two string all the time. Nowadays, people don't call me. So we have to be anchored on Christ's faithfulness. Not our position. Not our titles. Not what we have and don't have. Because those who don't have things like that, because they have. As we are the one who are going to be rooted in Christ's faithfulness. No, 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 all of us. What you have and you don't have, you still have to have confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Verse 13, please. My dear friends, I pray that you'll remain strong and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that stuff on behalf, for it is for your glory. So the confidence, let's go to Hebrews 4, uh, 12, 14 quickly as you wind up. You receive some more exhortation, impartation, insight, revelation. Look at verse 14. Seeing then, seeing then, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. That's our confidence. That's our confidence in prayer. And he says this. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. And then says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because we are in him. I've had to do this by faith and, and, and look at the Father and, and, and just believe God with my spiritual eyes that I am unashamedly looking at him. Because of what Jesus' his son has done for me. And then if a thought came up of something that I've missed, and I say, Lord, and, and it comes up in my heart, if I confess my sins, it's faithful and just forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So in the missing of the mark, I say, Lord, forgive me. But then still, I have my face my, on him, looking at him by faith. It's like I'm unashamedly looking at you. Because of what you've done for me. It's you who's given me this ability. Father, I know you always hear me. You see that? That's the confidence. He had no condemnation whatsoever. And no guilt. And no shame. Listen, he knew who he was in the Father. Then the praises of men or lack of it didn't change him. When they call him your Satan, Satani, you know, you understand what I mean? If you are called Satani, what will you do for people that you love that didn't change him? He knew who he was. And God, I believe this, church, in an ever changing world, we must find our identity in him. You can pray out of fear or you can pray out of confidence of what he's done for you. You can pray out of fear. You can tithe out of fear. You can even give. You can even come to church out of fear. But you can do everything through him. Because of what is done for us. So, my tithing 
is I'm confident in him. Because what we've done, my giving. Now that establishes the fear of God inside of us. I won't feel like, oh God, I haven't prayed because, so I haven't prayed. That's the way, that's why things are happening the way they're happening. No, not so. So, so look at this. That is depending on your ability instead of depending on him. So we can pray out of revelation of who we are. We can give out of revelation of who we are in him. And we can do everything as who we are. And I'm telling you that's fulfillment in life. You will never know true fulfillment if you don't find your place in him. You'll never know true fulfillment because nothing of this natural realm will ever define you. Nothing. Nothing will ever define you on that. Our def definition is him. He created us in his image and in his likeness. In others, we are his reflection. And if that is not happening, no matter what position we ever have in this life, no matter the praises of men, will be empty. We will never know fulfillment until we've known who we are in him. And that, what does that mean? We totally depend on him to do anything. Whether I'm talking to children, or I'm talking to the presidents, I'm depending on him to help me. That goes even to parenting and everything else. It goes to prayer time, everything else. Going to your job, everything, everything else. You have to know even in your place of work is an assignment. But it has to be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That's assignment. And if you know that this is an assignment, you'll realize that you'll never have to fear because now you, are com you have known who you are in him. I remember years ago, Pastor Wade being with me, and I started meeting with a certain gentleman. And he told him, he told him if, if you don't do this, son, I'm going to make sure that I'll fire you. This is not a threat, son. When I'm dealing with, and then he turned this, and when I'm dealing with Davis, I don't think in terms of firing him. I thought, yeah, you didn't employ me. Not arrogantly, I mean, really, really he didn't employ me. <laughs> Seriously, they didn't employ me. I was told by God to come. Seriously, they don't, they didn't. He, he said that in that meeting. I thought, yeah, I, you didn't employ me. I was told by God to come. I was told by God to come, and few few years later, I relinquished my salary. So that's not an employee. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. That's not an employee. That just makes a whole difference. You must know your assignment. You must know assignment. You remember when uh, Mr. Pius Mshiri was asking in that business meeting that if they stop paying you that salary, will you still be working? All the labor letters now follow. <laughs> From labor office. Don't forget that. Assignment is what defines. Assignment of God is, is you know who you are, then that leads into the assignment. And that's what defines you, who you are in Christ. Because everything we do has to flow out of him. Even prayers, he says, we can't come before him without. Let's finish with this now. 
John 16. I'm telling you, I'm going to listen to this message myself. Tina says she knows the person who listened to his own messages. I said, yeah, it's me. I go and I listen. I said, oh my goodness, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Seriously, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, oh my goodness, I keep repeating that word all over. All over. I realized on Sunday, <laughs> I realized on Sunday there's a word that I've been repeating. I thought, man, that's not cool. You need to remove that word from your mouth. It's too much. You see, you listen to your own messages and you learn. And then there's a certain brother who told me, there's one also I had him say, a certain prophet, apostle, he says he listened to his own messages. Okay. You ever had anyone else? Look at verse 13. Let's, let's see. God is how, how graceful he is. How? Can we read from the Amplified Classic Version, please? Or Amplified, yeah, Classic. But when he, the spirit of truth, has come, when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, comes, he will guide into all truth. The whole full truth. For he will not speak of his own message on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever he has from the Father. He'll give you the message that has been given to him and he'll announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. This is what he's saying. If you rely on the Holy Spirit, you will know what the Father is saying. You'll know your assignment and you'll follow that. And he'll not speak on his own authority. He's hearing from the Father and he's giving you those words. So listen this. To know our assignment is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Is to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's what Apostle Paul says, when I knew that I did not confer with flesh and blood. Why? I knew that, what I was supposed to do. Lady, I'm talking about you haven't dressed up, looked yourself in the mirror, you know you're smart, the dress is good, and when you go out, if they don't say to you, you look good, you're not offended. You know, I was in the office and no one told me, even my friends, they didn't tell me I look good. Now, you see now that's the, pro the problem. Because it's dependent. They didn't even notice my hairstyle and I changed it. <laughs> Your husband ought to notice. But even if he doesn't notice. He said, God, what do you think about this? He said, oh, you, you look good. I said, yeah, the Lord told me. This man opened his eyes, Lord. <laughs> so that he may see what the Lord sees. <laughs> I remember the Lord told me this. Remember, you're getting married to my daughter. I said, okay, Lord. Okay. Okay. And it was like, kind of like, you know, like, like a person who's really a superior person telling you this, coming around and telling me, remember this, you're getting married to my daughter. You'll go, yes, sir. Kind of like a threat. So I've kept, I've kept thinking that way sometimes. Yeah, that's his daughter. <laughs> so I have to treat him well. So did, you, did you see, ladies, did I free you? Uh, oh yeah, that's freedom, yeah? Yeah, if they never, if you know, 
If you know inside of you, this is what I've received. This is what it is good. Then you don't go out and say, I can imagine we had dinner with them. None of them even commented about my dress. And they, they even don't know how that dress is expensive. Who cares? <laughs> Are you happy with the dress? You, do you feel like you look good in that dress? Yeah, yeah thank God, that's it. That's it. That's why you need to teach your children. You tell them you love them, you affirm them, so that when they go out there, they're not told by these foolish things out there that you love, and they say, whoa. And they already know. You understand? Really, that's very true. We have to in our, in our homes. Now, look at this. Then he says this. He announced and tell you the things that are to happen in the future. And verse 15, is that verse 15? I will honor uh, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine. This is Jesus saying, and he will reveal. Now, remember, he will reveal. That's exactly how you operated on earth. He will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Oh, what does that mean? Heavenly, heaven invading the earth through you. Heaven invading the earth through you. He says, this will not happen. This will not be in the air. This is to you first. Revealing the will of the Father and doing it through you. Are you seeing the connection? That's heaven revealing, I mean, heaven being revealed to the earth through the church. And then verse, what, what follows next in verse 15, everything that the Father has is mine. Jesus said this, everything that the Father has is mine. And listen to what he says, this is, that is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine. How many things? Everything that the Father has. Like Dr. Jerry say, says that uh, God has dealt with man with an open hand. That's his generosity in everything to us. To fulfill his assignment. I was thinking of a scripture, this scripture earlier on. It said, if God be for me, who will be against me? That ought to be a reality. If God be for me. It was a threat of the devil. He, 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 he brought us a certain thought and it was threatening. And I said, and inside of me it rose up, if God be for me, who will be against me? That's, that's exactly what he said. This, and you reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Stand up on your feet. For thou, O Lord. <laughs> wow. So that ought to change your praying this evening and, and this night and when you wake up tomorrow. Now, now look at this. You see provision in that? Provision is in knowing, in knowing who you are. That is identity. And then the second thing, and knowing your, your assignment is provision right there. When, when there is no constant provision, there's something that is lacking there. First is our place in him, and second is this. If we don't know our place in him, then we are not in his assignment. Try one day. Don't try it. But supposedly, you enter the end of, end of month to be paid by Kenya Power Lighting. 
and you don't work there. Tell them I came for my pay. If you say it at the gate, <laughs> you know those guys, the way they look sometimes. Adiwewe ni nani? Sogye kibandile. You know what I'm talking about. But look at this. The provision is knowing that we consciously are in his assignment. What he's called us to do. Just thank the Lord for however you do it. Uh, time has gone, so I don't see myself taking time to pray. You can go do it in your own time. Thank you, Father. If we know what he's done for us, we can only lift up thanksgiving to him, really. It's nothing. He hasn't given to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I may pray this prayer of the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Can, can we pray together? Let's put it over there. Let me see. Let's let, from the New King James Version. Just see. The things that we've been speaking about. And, and you say this. Uh, let's go to verse 17, please. You say this. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, you may give to us. Now look at this. Uh, you say that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, let's talk about us, the body, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. You see how to pray? That we may know what is the hope of your calling. Since you are talking to him. Well, uh, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the sense. Ask the sense. What is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. You see that? So we can do that together. Alright. Well, well don't, don't rush. We want understanding. Don't, don't, don't go like, you know, like it is standard one. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of Groming, to see who will be number one. All right, we are, we are craving for what? Understanding and, and, and believing God. Now, Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us, the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also that which is to come 
and you have put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, I'm asking you, thanking you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that there may be an increase of revelation concerning who we are in Christ. And that Father, through that, we may understand our assignment, our assignments, and empowerment and provision. Father, it is your desire for us to know who we are in you and to know our assignments on this earth. I'm asking you, Father. I see this as a, an answer to someone who's been really struggling with provision. It is in that. I see also someone who's been struggling with identity. Things have happened in your life until you say like, sometimes I don't know who I am. God is reminding you. Things that have happened in your life do not define you. It's what he says you are. This is what. Father, thank you for light. Thank you for healings of wounded hearts, wounded souls. The words that have been spoken upon you by men that have wounded you so, so much. Forgive. And listen to this. Don't repeat those words. Don't rehearse them in your mind. Go to the word. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, whatever things are true. Those words that have been spoken by men are not true. Whatever things are true, whatever things are just, whatever things are noble. And it goes on, think on these things. The Amplifier says, fix your mind on these things. Don't repeat words of defeat. Don't even go before the Father and say them because you hear them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Say what the word of God say. Take authority over those words and say, Devil, I rebuke you and I break your power. And these words will have nothing to do with me and they have no grip on me. And start thanking God for deliverance. Thank you, Father, for the healing power of souls, restoring souls of men. Your healing power. Thank you for deliverance from the fear of men. That's another thing right there. Deliverance from the fear of men or fear of man. Thank you for delivering us from the fear of man. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done this evening. We thank you for your word. 
We thank you, Father, even for our giving. We lift it up to our high priest, Jesus. Out of what you've done, we can come before the presence of the Father and give our gifts to him to honor the covenant because he's the one who gives us power to get wealth. I bless your people. Now, Father, thank you for your blessing upon your people. In Jesus' name.